Hey, Steve! Hey, Chris! So, it's 2019, which means there's a whole bunch of possibility ahead of us for video game stuff. And you know what? I, for one, am actually really looking forward to this year. I think we've got some good stuff coming out. Uh, I was honestly, there's a couple there's a couple highlights, but then there's also, I don't know if it was looking a little bit thin, the, the year was looking a little thin for me at points, I don't know. I think it kind of, I think the biggest issue is that you don't have a lot of definitive dates past March. That's you have some, like I know Shenmue 3 is slated for about July, and then you have a couple stuff in April, but otherwise... It's like you have like all the dates are for March, and then after that, it's like kind of a fuzzy maybe it'll fog. Be, maybe it'll be in the fall. Maybe it'll slip to 2020. Yeah, it's like it's, it should be coming out this year. It's, it's, yeah, it and that might that was part of it too. Where I was looking at, I was looking at games. I was like, oh, I'm looking forward to that. No exact release date. I'm looking forward to that. No release date. Whereas, right, we talked about this before. Sort of February, March is going to be like... A new holiday. Because everyone wants to still get it in it within a financial fiscal year quarter. Mm-hmm. I don't know how fiscal years work. Some people say, oh yeah, it just ends in December. But then other things I've said say it ends in March. So the new fiscal year technically starts in April. And it's like, I, I don't know. I don't, know, I don't yeah. know how it works. Public trading business crap. But they at least want to get at the end of the fiscal quarter. So you'll see stuff in like February and March kind of a deal. So... Yeah. Something will be pushed back when they don't think when they don't have enough faith in it in the holidays, and then boom, you, you're just suddenly like, oh gosh, February, March, what's going to ha- what's going on? But then April, May, and June tend to be lighter, and yeah. then it really lightens up in the summer usually, which is weird because the funny thing about summer is. That was when I was a kid when I wanted to play all the games because that's when I was on vacation and I had nothing else to do. And now even like if you're looking for stuff for kids, it's like there's nothing new in the summer. It's like this, this, that's that's the perfect time. I guess, yeah, that's that's when you catch up on your backlog and get stuff on sale. Get ready for the holidays. Yeah. um, All that kind of stuff. And I guess because a lot of companies end up doing the convention circuit because you end up doing, you know, E3s in the beginning. You have Gamescom in the middle, so um, which maybe we do want to talk about our predictions for E3 this year later. But maybe yeah, and also well, right, and then you don't want to get you're doing some kind of marketing push for an announcement for a new game or new hardware. You don't want to get like an upcoming game, game maybe coming out in September, October next year. You don't want to get your some big release mixed up with that marketing. Yeah. Where whatever it is is coming out in June gets overshadowed by E3 and all E3 that. Which happens quite often. Yeah. That, make, that kind of makes sense, I think. That you wouldn't do that from a marketing perspective. but Yeah. So um, we do have a sort of, a, a sort of uh, order of operations, kind of like we did with our 2018 games. So, uh, Mr. Steve, what did I write up as our first topic? EA and the Star Wars license. Okay, something that even our non-gamer listeners, which we do have some of, will be interested in. Because Star Wars, who doesn't like Star Wars? Everybody likes Star Wars. It was about about five or six years ago that EA got the... the, the They got an exclusive license. Only EA was going to make Star Wars games. And I don't think... I mean, I think we all didn't expect anything good out of it. I didn't think we expected this badly out of it because we are 
not even half well now we're about halfway through january of 2019 and already the uh the big game the big open yeah, world big game is canceled. is canceled which is the game that they shut down visceral to completely rework yeah so what, what what did you you tallied it up right what did, what has ea made in five years with we've this gotten, license we've gotten like a mobile game we've gotten battlefront and battlefront 2 and Battlefront 1 was well-received at first. no on, campaign. Online only, no campaign. But it was received decently well, but, like, I think it wore out on people for a while. The biggest thing about Battlefront was, yay, Star Wars Battlefront's back in its modern technology, but here's all the list of things we still want. Yeah, it was kind of... I played that for a little bit, and it was... A multiplayer online game. It was, like, yeah. It for was, me, that's what it was. It was a multiplayer online game. It was the sort of game that... You would have five crappy games, and then you would have one game where you were like, I am Luke Skywalker, and it would be amazing. And, and then, then you'd be awful again. And then you'd be awful again. Like, I had one game where we were the rebels in the Walker Assault. There's a Walker Assault mode. It was exactly what you expect. Walkers try to try to take over your, blow up your base, and you, if you, the rebels win if they take down the Walkers, the... Empire wins if they destroy the targets with the walkers. So we were we were like about to get toasted, and I flew my land speeder in, and I roped up both walkers and took them both down. The two remaining walkers with like ten seconds left on the timer or something like that won the match for my team. You're a real Mark Hamill, aren't you? I, I, I was. I was like literally, <laughs> or maybe I was. Uh, I was. I might have been Wedge. Um, but <laughs> you were somebody. I was somebody, and it was really cool. But I, that had been like game three or four that I was playing with my friends that night, and it was the only game that was fun at all. The only round was the one where I had a like a hero moment. So, so okay, you have that with Battlefront One, and it don't, I don't think it really had much staying power. No, Battlefront Two comes out last year. After they had already closed Visceral and canceled the single-player cinematic adventure game that they had been working on. Which is still, like, people were still sore at this point yeah. because they had already shown gameplay footage of Star Wars 1313 where you were playing, like, a bounty hunter. And that was what LucasArts was working on before uh, Disney came in and said, we're shutting down every game in development right now. LucasArts, you're done. We're outsourcing now, and in case Last the, Jedi wasn't enough of the reason for you to hate Disney's handling of Star Wars, yeah. Um, so you had the people wanted this game. They saw the footage. They wanted this game, and then it was canceled on them. So okay, raw feelings are raw, but at least we got this Amy Hennig-led uh, Uncharted-style single-player adventure Star Wars game to look forward to. No, that's canceled. Because well, that version of it is canceled yeah. because EA isn't able to monetize it and wants to change it to be open world because that's what gamers love. They love open world now. So Amy Hennig's gone out the door. Visceral's just shuttered, and there goes like one of the better developers of recent times. And now even that open world game was shut down. But before that game was shut down, you know, again, feelings are all, mm. here comes Battlefront 2, and here comes the whole loot box fiasco, where if you want to play as Luke Skywalker, 
you have to invest hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of gameplay or spend real money. Yeah. And it is clearly driven so that you will spend real money to get the heroes that you really want, like Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, and stuff. Right. Because the amount of grind it would take to unlock just those two characters was absolutely ridiculous. And why do people... like? What was the big deal about Star Wars Battlefront on the PS2 when it came out? That you could play as anybody. Right. Yeah, you had to play as the hero. Yeah, it, it would then, so, what, they ended up... I never even played the multiplayer in that, to be honest with you. I played the... I have Battlefront 2. I got it on sale. I played the... I played the campaign. Um, and there was, like, a second... There was, like, a DLC... A second DLC campaign that I got about halfway through. Uh, so I don't even know. Like... I, I, what they did to replace that, the loot boxes, with the whole thing... They lightened up on it or yeah, something? It, it just left a sour taste in everyone's mouth. To the extent that there's now legislation, like, EA's got to backpedal, like, immediately. Like, there was... I found an article from last year that indicated Anthem had to backpedal some of its ideas for microtransactions because of this whole fiasco. And there was no confirmation. And of course, EA wants to avoid talking about it as much as they can. But the real question now is, you are Disney. You gave EA the exclusive right to make Star Wars games. And right now, they've got nothing to show for it, but one game that's forgotten and one game that was not only mired in controversy, but just started... A huge backlash across the entire AAA industry. Infamous. It's now become it is infamous. infamous. Um, no, that was Sucker Punch. <laughs> but um, so what? This the, isn't going well. This isn't going well. Which begs the question: What is going to happen to Respawn Entertainment's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? Which okay, I love Respawn Entertainment. I hate the fact that we're doing something else Jedi because it's always Jedi, 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 Jedi. But the announcement of it was... But now we have a, when's the last time we had a good game where you got to play as a Jedi at this point? Force Unleashed? Was that even a good game? I was going to say, it's like, was that even... The, we were, you were, we're like, talking about a good going game. Going back to like Kyle Katarn and Knights Jedi of the Outcast Old Republic, I guess. Which also, The Old Republic, is that game even online anymore? Exactly. Like, who talks about the Old Republic? People are still talking about World of Warcraft. Nobody's talking about the Old Republic. So, yeah, do you... If you are Disney, do you want EA to have exclusive rights to this? Or do you want to just be like, nah, nah, man, we're going to just let anybody make a Star anyway, Wars game? I got an idea. I got an idea. Probably, depending on the timeline, this contract will be up around when Bungie... Is done with Destiny, maybe. Maybe. Right? Maybe. Maybe. No, and, see, see, I was then, actually thinking about this a little bit myself. Um, I mean, Destiny is basically just, like, space magic, right? See, only the direction I would take it was that Bungie have a small team of developers, because they're a big enough studio, they should hopefully be able to manage it, make a new Republic Commando. Because if you're going to do a four-player co-op sci-fi action shooter, this is that's that, but that's that's um, pipe dream. That's a pipe dream. This, is a serious this has nothing to do with 2019. Bungie developed Republic Commando sequel is 
Like, that's... It's, it's like the, the dream game. It's like... And that's the thing, like... Uh, what is it? Um, the Gamers is a YouTube channel. They usually do, um... Sort of, like, looked back... Look, looked back into, um... They look... Uh, I'm, retrospective. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm caught up on the fact that I'm pluralizing looks. Uh, but, the, yeah, they have a retrospective on, like, games where they do a lot of journalistic digging and stuff mm. of what they can. And they got, like, the whole history of uh, Republic Commando and all the raw deal that game got. But it, it's almost as if EA was running the company. Uh -huh. So, um, yeah, to bring this back and kind of close up, I mean... That's the real question. Is Fallen Order coming out this year because the announcement of it was Andrea Renee at E3 sitting down next to Vince Zampella and him basically saying, yeah, we're making the game. And it takes place in this time period. Yeah. It's... I mean, unless... No, no logo or anything. Like, no... Well, maybe a logo. I don't remember a logo, but they might have had one. But it's like... This is all you got. This is all you have, and you're saying it's coming out, like, fall of 2019. Are you guys sure? Like, I don't even trust that those guys are going to be able to make a new Titanfall before EA closes them uh, It's a 2D... Oh, God, indie, shut up. Shut indie up. Switch game. Shut up. Uh, actually, I mean, you say indie Switch game, and now it's like, well, I mean, Iconoclast is good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that might actually be the best route for them to go. Yeah. Um, but pleasantly surprised. I mean, basically, we, we, we discussed this because in 2019, what's going to happen to Star Wars and EA? And honestly, in some cases, what's going to happen to EA in general? Because if we want to segue this, EA and Activision. I mean, granted, we're going to talk about uh, Destiny at the end. But what does Activision have now but Blizzard and Call of Duty? Like, I, I have a feeling we're going to start to see some really big shakeup in the AAA industry. I think, see, what we've, we sort of crossed this threshold where 10 years ago, the the little guys all needed the big studio money to develop next-gen stuff, basically. Yeah. And now what's happened is, as the technology developed, as, uh, and, you know, stuff like, uh, like Unity and Unreal and, and all that other stuff that have gotten to the next generation, has gotten more accessible to get some of these AAA production value uh, elements. Yes. Um, and, and so you're going to have less, and now I think we're going to take a step back where, you know, you have AAA-looking games, even something like, I mean, Warframe has its, has its issues from a production standpoint. You were saying, like, Warframe, that's free... But they're also independent. Right, uh, it's independently developed or free play. Things, stuff like The Witcher 3, uh, or The Witcher, just the series in general, it's CD Projekt Red. They're out of, based out of Poland. These aren't guys that anybody had heard of. And yet now they're a big deal. And now they're, yeah, now they're a huge deal. Granted, though, they did, by starting GOG, Good Old Games, that's what helped, uh, I help, I think, helped uh, finance them. Not just the sales of Witcher, right. but sales made through Good Old Games. Where, but... Part of the point of good old games that got it uh, got CD Projekt Red known off the known was no DRM and it's we're trying to preserve these old games. We don't yeah. want them to just die. So um, I think I see what you're saying because in some ways, like Hellblade Sin was sacrificed as a perfect example. At the same time, in order to make that game happen, 
because they were dealing with character psychosis and stuff like that, Ninja Theory was able to get additional funding from other sources because it's kind of like an academic project. It's kind of like this, um, this uh, what, what do you call it, um, social awareness project. Right. So they're able to get outside funding from outside the publisher system, but not every smaller guy will be able to do that. But it is still like an example that it's possible. Um, now, granted, they're bought by Microsoft and um, other stuff. But I think overall, though, you do make a good point. Because even when it comes to the indies and what indies are making, they're not just smaller, crappy 2D games or even like minor 2D games. You're seeing indie developers make, say, A Hat in Time, which is a 3D platformer. Yeah. You're seeing indie developers make these 3d horror games you're seeing all kinds of projects come about that and even actually now that i think about it um oh what is it called oh shoot i keep forgetting its name it's um being made by like a chinese guy and he's got a small team now but it was inspired by like final fantasy 15 but it's a full-blown action game it's hmm. not actually like a role-playing game even though the main character looks like noctis from final fantasy 15 but oh i can't remember what the name of it's called it keeps leaving my mind but this is like a small game that sony's helping on a little bit but it started with this one guy making this game on his own and the trailers look great it's like you're right it's even though you might seek help in kickstarter or something you can independently make something that you don't necessarily need the triple a studio system yeah um but even then, you have the AAA guy, like um, certain AAA studios are seeing value in the smaller independent game. Um, Ubisoft likes to do some smaller stuff. Um, like Child of Light's a big one. Yeah. Uh, well, like, I mean, I feel like Sony internally has always been one that's internally developing their internal studios. They have smaller offshoots that have developed a number of smaller games, too. Yeah. Um, Square Enix even does, they have like the Square Enix Collective, I think it is, where they'll fund smaller indie games every like, so often. Well, like Tokyo RPG Factory, isn't that like a Square Enix? Are they published or is that a... No, Tokyo RPG Factory is a Square-founded studio. That's not part of the indie collect the Square Enix right. Collective, though. Like Children of Zodiacs is a game that I played a bit about, mm. and I might have talked a little bit about on the podcast, but it's effectively a tactical role-playing game that's also like a card game like your character yeah. has like a deck per character and it manages like what moves they can do that round so as a, as a sake here what how do you think this affects the next generation of consoles <laughs> like what are we gonna see you're trying to do a real segue oh, i didn't even talk about like the again like i'm wondering what's going to happen with activision and ea are we going to see them like well but i think that's that's all, it's all one conversation because we're going into We've sort of developed, Activision and EA in particular have sort of developed this, uh, and Ubisoft, mostly the big names, this annual release cycle where we got to get a Call of Duty out, we got to get a Battlefield out, we got to get an Assassin's Creed out, and I, I think... I think this year we're going to see a break from Assassin's Creed. Maybe. I hope so. I don't think they're going to try and do it annually. I think actually Origins might have been the like like a hold off for Odyssey. I think Odyssey was the game they were really making. Maybe. And Origins is like here's our in between. In the meantime. I mean, I, it was, it's tough because it's such a big. Origins is still a huge game. Uh, but but how is that? 
So do we think that basically we're going to come into this fall, we're going to get console announcements at E3 this year. We're going to get whatever's next from PlayStation, whatever's next. I don't from... think we're getting a new console this fall. We're not getting a new console this fall, but what we're going to see is are we going to see a light fall because we we're going to have new consoles coming out in 2020. I think we're going to see a new Call of Duty. I don't know what form it will take, and I think it will do horror in numbers after Black Ops 4. I think people are going to keep playing Black Ops 4 for a while, and it feels like Black Ops 4 is built to last as a multiplayer game. So, Call of Duty is going to be a weird one, but I don't think Activision's letting up on that yet. I don't know if they're just going to do another story campaign or if they're trying to transform it into something new. Maybe they want to try and have this year's release capture a different market or a different multiplayer market. I don't know. Um, this, but, this, is, this is what's tough, too, is that you have... is everyone's trying to adapt to, say, like, now, Destiny has not been as commercially successful as, say, like, Modern Destiny Warfare. Destiny 2 has not. Destiny specifically. 2. Uh, now, I was looking at numbers today and on, on Destiny player base, mm. and it's still, <laughs> like, uh, you know, there's, like, 600,000 people playing Crucible right now. Do they all have Forsaken, and do they all... How many people bought the annual pass? I don't know. I don't, I don't know those particular numbers. But so it's not... When we're talking about, like... It's not. Right, this wasn't just Crucible. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people that. The, I think. I think it was that. playing right there. Then there was. There's a. I, I, there were two numbers. One was Crucible. One was PVE. It was like there were over a million concurrent players at, at any given day, and uh, you know about half were playing Crucible and half were playing PVE activities or something like that. Now here is an interesting thing, though. If you bring up then, if you were to compare to Destiny One numbers, Destiny One was on fewer platforms. Right. Um, yeah, the PC, PC, and other stuff, and you have lots of people who, who have may have gotten Destiny two, uh, but not Forsaken or not the annual password. But yeah. anyway, so but it, has, it hasn't been. It's still obviously a huge game. If you've got a million people playing it on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, no, that means there's a lot of possibility for more sales right, but and is more that, content. But is that sort of? I feel like that's maybe the direction that some of these places are looking at is do we do we want to do a you know a, a call of duty every year or do we want to have some kind of call of duty platform game that will last us two or three years before we do the next like major update see that's the weird thing because people have been wanting call of duty to do that since before that was the thing they've wanted call of duty to just be a steadily um maintained game for a while and yet activision's never gone and do it gone and done it and to me activision dumping but uh destiny isn't they to them they probably don't think it's going to make the money that they want so they're not going to learn anything from it. I don't expect Activision hmm. to learn, but I expect them eventually to have to... Like, not this year, but I think we're going to see the beginnings of Activision being forced 
to reorganize and restructure and realize, oh, we can't just keep trying to milk this things the same way. Because what Activision wants is, it really is the most basic of, we want a brand and we want to milk that brand to make money. Yeah. You want to do what Adobe does with annual releases of Adobe Photoshop, uh, Premiere, Illustrator. Like um, now, granted, now they're doing their whole cloud thing, which is a monthly, yeah. which I imagine that's at what Activision cool. wants to do eventually. But uh, and that's the thing, Activision. What I think they really want are monthly subscriptions, because that's what World of Warcraft had for a while. That's why World of Warcraft was able to make a lot of money. Right, and then there's there's all kinds of other stuff that comes into monthly subscriptions. So I guess what I'm thinking, another example of this, and something that's you know eating, drinking a lot of Activision's milkshake right now, is is Fortnite. Um, where with Fortnite, what you have is a really simple, free base game uh, that is augmented with seasonal content, right? So every season is basically new skins, some sandbox changes, and and then you basically just keep the players coming with the loot boxes and everything else. So how long, when did when did the Fortnite, are we talking about a year and a half at this point almost? That It came out around the same time as, what year was Overwatch? Now, there's also, let's not forget, Fortnite did not launch with the Battle Royale mode. Fortnite No, was, it was meant to be a sort of survival mode. That's right, and it it was, as I recall, not very successful, and then they added the Battle Royale mode and made it free, and then it took off. Yes, and they also capitalized on certain things. Basically, what they discovered was the 13-year-old market. Right. And now it's The 13-year-old like, with dad's credit card. Yeah, I mean, like... As I, as I told you, I took my niece to the local community college's anime convention, and the amount of kids you I saw, even at a community college, it's like, oh, I see, like, three divas from Overwatch, two Mercies, and two, um, oh, I can't remember the, the other one. Uh, shoot, but it's another Overwatch cosplayer. Right. And then you have, like, all this other, um... Stuff and you saw people doing Fortnite dances. But what you mean are pop culture dances, which have been had their intellectual property by, usurped by Fortnite. Yes, like that's Carlton precisely and what I mean. the Floss and and uh, Soldier Boy is upset. Or oh, I'm sorry, Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy is upset that none of his dances made the cut. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, right. unless that was a fake article I saw in, in Soldier Boy's search for relevance. It might have been. Because I think there was a fake article and a real article. I don't know. But regardless, regardless. Um, the thing for me with Epic is I don't I, I, I think they're really entering the beginning of being the next Valve, including not making their own games anymore. That's a possibility. Because I believe they were working on an Unreal Tournament and they canceled it. They, they canceled it. it. And that's really sad. See, what I was hoping... Uh, as a longtime Unreal Tournament fan, and also a, uh, a you know Gears fan, I was a big the Gears one, two, and three at least, where I really love well, those. Those are the ones that Epic made. Um, I was hoping, I was hoping that Fortnite would become this sort of thing that 
would basically pay the bills so that the company could work on more interesting creative products while Fortnite helps keep the lights on basically. Well the funny thing is that's effectively what the Unreal Engine was period. But yeah. maybe maybe because they also made Unreal Engine 4 I think cheaper than they've ever been before because now with Unity, Unity's becoming real competition. Yeah. So in having to make their engine cheaper, they might have started to seek the store out, the the, the Epic Mega Store or whatever, hmm. in order to have another flow of cash, but at this point I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know what Epic's going to be doing. Yeah. Just about anyone that was responsible at the beginning. Like, it's another one of those companies that everyone responsible is gone. And I'm wondering, actually, there's a good question. What company this year is going to lose its original founders and therefore start losing its identity? Hmm. Bungie's only got um, Jason, I forget his last name. Jason Jones. Everyone else is gone. Um, Bioware... All the original heads are gone. Um, is Tim Tim Sweeney still at Epic? Nope, he's gone. He's gone, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny for me because Epic is one of those companies that I've been... You know, I played Jill of the Jungle on my old DOS. Uh, look it up. I don't want to. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, like, it's, a, it's like a... It was like an SNES-looking... Uh, so before Jazz Jackrabbit or after? Before Jazz Jackrabbit. Before Jazz Jackrabbit, Jack Jack yeah. Um, you know, and uh, and so Epic's journey has been interesting to me, right? From Jill of the Jungle to Jazz Jackrabbit to Unreal to Gears of War to Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and honestly, when you really put it that way, Fortnite really does feel like how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. It really does. It's, you know, it's a huge commercial success. Um, but it's incredibly janky. And then... <laughs> and it's, like, really? You, 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 by imitating? It gets big, but, like, the survival mode was okay. I'm, but I'm right now, I'm in my head, I'm imagining the, like, a Fortnite montage playing while the, um... The, remember the, the the song from the first Gears of War trailer with the uh, Mad World? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. And with that playing in the background. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, but, yeah, so 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 I guess what does this have to do with where where we see where the consoles are going in general, right? So we have this. It's, it's sort of the. the I kind of don't want to find out. I kind of don't. I really. Because the first thing they're going is 4K uh, VR. Right. So, PlayStation 5 is going to come with a PlayStation VR headset. Everyone's going to be emphasizing 4K. No, I really... Are they going to make that mistake? Are they going to make the, the mistake that saved... Microsoft's mistake that saved Sony was... was the Kinect? Was, was bundling... The, was making the Kinect a mandatory bundle with the Xbox One. I do believe they will have the PSVR. Now, but only... Hold on, hold on. Because the PSVR has already, as a standalone peripheral, been more successful than the Kinect ever was, or ever hoped to be. That's true. People actually like PSVR. And as you saw last year, like, um, evidently, what was it, the Astro, Astrobot Rescue Mission or whatever? Mm -hmm. Won, like, an awards or whatever? Yeah. PSVR I is probably the best place for VR right now, because Sony has... Pro they're able to fund the right people, and they're also able to fund people... That know about the limitations of the system. Moss was a big hit, and that's the thing. I can yeah, name okay. 
I, I can name true. games for VR that are on PSVR that I've never played, but I and know. And I, I actually look at some of the PSVR games and say, that looks interesting. It's too bad I don't have a PSVR. I can see some of that. And it also, part of the way you can, I guess, market it is that it's a, it can become a way to, to like Nintendo Switch sort of thing. In, or not more Vita than, or Wii U than Switch. But that you can, if you can play a game in the VR headset, not necessarily tied to the TV or something like that. Well, Sony sort of already has that because I know I think I know what you're yeah. talking about because it's the remote play, right? Um, be it your Vita or I remember when I was um, doing remote play on my laptop, like laptop. oh I was going home right. and I play a game through my when laptop. The, right, the Vita's dead, so I'm just wondering if you can if. If that's a point, maybe not. As that's that's probably a secondary point if it's anything at if all. They, well, I think they're going to implement the remote play in ways. Well, I just mean in general. Of so course, as, I don't... as I understand it right now, you can take a non-VR game, play it with the PlayStation VR, just like it's a widescreen. Oh, TV that's what you mean. That's what you mean. That's what you mean. Okay. So that you're you're decoupled from the TV, essentially, while you're playing. Yeah. That I can, as long as I'm within range, I can. I can play. You'll never know people are stealing stuff in your house. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But this is an old VR problem. People were bringing that up a few years ago. Oh, yeah, ago. yeah. Um, anyway, so I don't. Uh, here's the thing with Sony. I mean, other than like the most, uh, that's the most I'll predict with them. But I don't think we're going to be even seeing an announcement from them this year. I know we're getting close to the end of uh, the PlayStation 4's life cycle. And if we do see something, it's not going to be until they do their PlayStation experience at the end of the year. I think they are taking, because they're taking this year from E3 off. I think there's two possibilities with that. Um, but they also took this PlayStation experience off because what else are they going to show? They're just going to show Ghost of Tsushima again. They're going to show The Last of Us Part Two again. Nobody cares about Days Gone. Um, no. And I think that's all they had. Yeah, they don't. What did they have this year at E3? They had four games. A Sekiro, Last no, of no, Us. No, no, not Sekiro. Ghost of Tsushima. Sekiro's the From Software one. Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Sucker I, Punch. I, I guess I'm getting so... I'm so easily confused these days. Um, <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima, they had The Last of Us oh, Part 2, um, they had Spider-Man. Oh, yeah! Death Stranding. And here's the thing. Do we believe all of those games are PlayStation 4? Yes. I don't. I think at least one of those games... At least one of those games is PlayStation 5. But here's the thing: they they didn't have a PlayStation experience this year. I think they, they said they're skipping E3 this year. Now, there's two reasons I think they could be skipping E3. One, they tried to be creative with it this year, and all they got was people complaining about having to go from one location to the next. Mm -hmm. Or two. Oh, I didn't even finish that thought. I'm sorry. Um, so they, I, 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 they were complaining, but they they, they they don't want to fight with that. With, with right. any of that stuff. So they're either, they are either skipping this year because they don't have enough stuff and they're like, we're not ready to announce the PlayStation 5 yet. We don't have enough to show for it. We're not going to have enough to show for it. But you know what? We will in 2020 or in December of 2019, then we'll have enough to show the PlayStation 5. We'll have enough to show people and give a date and give all this information. Destiny 3 um, on the PlayStation 5. No. I don't think Bungie's going to be ready for something that quick. Um, but <laughs> there's either that 
Or they're going to do like EA and just be like, we're going to have our own event right next door the same weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And we're skipping E3. We totally are, guys. We totally are. It's... E3's at the Marriott. We're next door at the Hilton, guys. Come Bas- on. <laughs> uh, basically. Because uh, that's if, that's what EA does. EA's literally across the street doing their own thing. Well, their own thing. But yeah. it's it's just part of E3. They're just trying to, to, to be cool. Yeah, and, I, and it could be... You know, you wonder if Sony is getting a little cocky at this point. Because the PS4, in terms of sales, is poised to pass the original Wii at this point. Uh, and uh, Is it? It's in the nineties. The Wii was just over. It was like a, was just over a hundred million. I have to double check because I know the. I thought the Wii outsold even the PS2. It did. The PS4. I think the PS4 is now. It might be have outsold. No, the 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 PS2 is one hundred fifty million. Is it really? Yeah, I just watched um, YouTuber Vince nineteen. He does statistics and stuff, and he recently did. He calls it stati- statistical side quests, and he noted. That um, the PS4 is about ninety some million units, and PS2 was one hundred fifty million units. Wow! It needs about sixty some thousand units to catch up uh, to the PS2. Okay, so never mind. Yeah. I, I, Again, I, I YouTube, I Vince nineteen. There you go. I mean the uh, yeah. The, well, the PS2 sold like I can't believe how many. The okay, so the official uh, list of best selling consoles here. Says we sold 101.63 million. PlayStation 4 has sold 91.6 million. All right, so you're right because if the if the Wii only sold barely over 100, they did not beat the PS2. Okay, so yeah, that might which just... is so well, it's quote unquote so weird. But the PS2 had a second model, a slim model, and also I worked at GameStop, man. Didn't they have the, the third model? The PS2 also just came out of the box broken. Like, people talk about the Red Ring of Death. The PlayStation 2 was just as bad. The PlayStation 2 was awful when it came out. I worked at GameStop. I know. I had to deal with the returns and the broken systems. But, that's besides the point. Um, What I expect from Microsoft, though... Because, I mean, I I kind of understand your point. I think Sony's going to go into this confident. But I think they're also going to hold off on their announcement. Because they kind of did this with the PS4. Mm -hmm. They let Microsoft come out uh, swinging and then was like, okay, here's what we don't do. That's <laughs> why they were able to do the video. It's like how you can, uh, how you share games on a PS4 and it just showed one guy handing it <laughs> off to the other. It didn't have the complicated Xbox One system. You gotta register your game on this system and then you can, you know, whatever, yeah. So I think what they're, and they also, I do think they did learn their lesson with coming out with their price for the PS3 and how much backlash it got. And I think they're going to wait for Microsoft, who in 2019, I believe, is going to announce something at E3. Because they already, in 2018, said, yes, we're working on a new system. And of course Microsoft's saying that because the Xbox One, they're doing everything they can to make it, uh, make it um, appealing. They really are. But none of the developers they just bought are going to be ready to do exclusives for the Xbox One. However, show off the Xbox One now, and I think they'll show it off too early. I don't think they're going to have much for it. Except maybe Halo Infinities for the new Xbox. Yeah. 
Um, but Xbox 720 or Xbox the fourth Two. one or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's already going to be the fourth one. Jeebus. Um, <laughs> but the next, the next box is going to be 2020. And that's when they're going to hope to maybe have something for it from one of the developers yeah. that they're just swallowing up. Now, and here's my here's my other thought on the subject. Have we reached the point with Xbox One and PS4 both being essentially standard PC hardware um, you just put in a box? Where, you know, the Xbox 360 and the Xbox, original Xbox, were more so this than previous Sony generations. You know, a motion engine or anything like that. The cell, the, <laughs> the cell, cell processor. Um, I mean, the Xbox has always kind of been more of a PC. That's right. why it got so many Western developers, even for the original Xbox. Yeah. So, but what I'm wondering is, are we going to see these uh, sort of a shift to where backwards compatible is just natural, essentially? That the uh, the PlayStation Five, whatever it's really called is going to play PlayStation 4 games natively upscaled out of the box and then also play PlayStation 5 games. At most, they'll move on to Ultra Blu-ray or whatever the 4K version is. Yeah. But that's backwards compatible with regular Blu-ray. Therefore, I think you're going to be able to play your old games and they're going to keep the same general architecture. I don't think they're going to do anything hugely different. And I think that's largely because... All of the developers learn, like all of these console developers learn, like even Nintendo is using NVIDIA uh, technology. Like they're not using fancy pants stuff anymore. Yeah. Everyone's using something that's going to make it easier to port to their system because the, like they're going to want exclusives, but they're going to want people to have an easy time developing on their own hardware and then moving it over. They right. want to make sure all third parties have, and honestly, even though everyone's going to be touting whatever hardware they can, they're going to want as close a performance to everyone else as is possible. Yeah, you're going to want your even your third party stuff to have an edge, but at, at the end of the day, like PS4, Xbox One, graphics and performance wise, there's not much difference between right. the two of them. It doesn't. The Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro. There's a difference between those because the right. Xbox One X is undeniably the most powerful current console on the market. Unfortunately, that didn't help Microsoft. The Xbox One X didn't really catch on. Um, it's why you kept seeing the Xbox One S selling for holidays because it's easier to knock that one down. And they're trying to sell its Game Pass and everything. They're trying to sell you these services just to get you in the Microsoft ecosystem. But in 2020, they're going to have a new system. Yeah. And it's... I, I I know it's going to be 4K. Because they were working on HoloLens, no one, no one knows if it's going to be VR or HoloLens. I think Microsoft's going to make it VR ready. I don't think Microsoft's going to have VR hardware with it. Again, Sony's mm. going. I do believe Sony's going to package their system with PlayStation VR. I don't think Microsoft's going to package something with theirs, which is 
maybe naive of me, maybe closed-minded of I, me, because I just I Microsoft's really... going to need a gimmick. Because if even if the PlayStation 5 is underpowered, because it's packing in that VR and needs to say cut cut the cost somehow, even if the PlayStation 5 is underpowered, we've seen with Nintendo that a gimmick, a good enough gimmick, is going to sell you even if you're underpowered. For the Switch, is that you can bring it anywhere, it's convenient, it's easy. With PlayStation, if it comes with a VR headset and is affordable, it can still give you Ultra Blu-ray Blu right. HD, can still give you 4K, even if it's less powerful than the Xbox whatever, people will buy it, as long as it's affordable. So you don't see, you don't see anybody trying to ape the Switch at all? I think it's too soon to ape the Switch, and if they ape the Switch, it's going to be really obvious. It's going to be really like PlayStation bad. Move level bad. Yes, and PlayStation Move never really caught on. So right. it's amazing Sony hasn't fully abandoned it because now that's what they're doing with VR. Right, they're using it for VR. Like it, it's funny that this stuff has. I feel like PlayStation Move is the happiest accident. Because it just turned, it turns out it actually has a use for them. Right. Well, uh, technology-wise, did you play many PlayStation Move games? I don't think I. I played. I played a couple. I of played the, a Move before. I don't know where. I played a couple of the, like the light gun style games, and the um, their sports champions, both one and two. They're complete and, Wii ripoffs, yeah. Oh well, yeah, it's complete Wii ripoffs. But in terms of like the uh, you know our 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 audience really can't see it, but basically playing Wii sword fighting was basically just like I'm flailing my arms until you die. Playing move sword fighting was actually technically interesting. Where like okay, I've got a shield, I've got a sword, block. Slice. Well, the interesting, Rock, I will slice, say, slice. the interesting thing about the PlayStation Move, because it relied on the iToy camera, right? it was a fusion of Wii technology and Kinect technology. Right. Which made it, in certain use cases, better than both. Right. Where, yeah, it didn't have that. Anyway, it, it is interesting. I, It is kind of funny to, to imagine that, that, that what's kind of perceived as a failure, like the Move, could end up being sort of a linchpin in Sony's PlayStation 5 strategy is is the VR and the move. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, do we do we want to seg to one of our other topics here, or do we want to sort of give up because we've been... Um, we made we've, it, this we've is made it surprisingly two, long. We made it through two out of... Several seven, topics. Five, six, seven, eight. Two out of eight points in 45 minutes. So I think we just need to go for all eight. And we'll make this no, a no, record no. like a... Oh, I have another idea. Three-hour podcast. I have an idea. What's the idea? We pretend to cut it off here, but keep continuing to record. So this is one episode, and then we record the next episode right away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going home till like midnight tonight at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so but, for the ne next episode, we'll talk about Nintendo Directs. And <laughs> next episode, we'll actually get the games we're looking forward to. I think I think that's a, that's a good idea. Well, 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 this is sort of this sort of turned into a state of the industry, uh, state of the the part one state of the industry, 2019 state of the industry, our predictions and our thoughts, uh, our state of the console war, 
And and next next week we'll do state of we'll do what what games games state, we actually are looking forward to we want to play and are looking forward to. And by then I'll actually have Resident Evil Two remake. <laughs> there there we go. Yeah, I, that's you know. I'm waver. I'm I'm back and forth on that one. We'll, we'll get to it next week. I don't and by next week, I mean in a few minutes. So uh, we're gonna say goodnight, and then we're gonna say goodnight again in like an hour when we're done recording. <laughs> so uh, I guess goodnight, anybody, everybody. Good night. Have a good night. We're totally not going to record. It's like Jeopardy. You ever watched? Do you ever know that they? It was like wrestling too, where they record like three different nights worth of stuff. In the yeah, same yeah show. Jeopardy, like. They say that's one of the reasons that there there aren't champions past like two or three rounds for for mostly, except for with a couple exceptions because they're recording like five episodes in a row, and by the time you've done three episodes of Jeopardy, your brain is oozing out your ears and stuff. That would not surprise me. So, well, on that note, uh, hopefully your brain is not oozing out of your ears. And as hopefully you ours doesn't either. Have a good night. Good night.